Hello there, and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Amy McCann. When it comes to your struggle, we're here to help you face it, embrace it, and erase its presence as a barrier to your progress. We are here to help you redefine your struggle so that you can persevere to succeed with energy, confidence, and courage. One day you have it all, and the next, it's gone. How do you reinvent yourself when unexpected change hits? Today, our guest will share how she got through her time of uncertainty in part one of this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Her name is Rihanna, and I'm going to get her last name correct. Hilkema? Yay! I did it! Rihanna Hilkema. (laughs) So I asked for her forgiveness before we started because sometimes, as you know, we can botch people's names, and I really wanted to honor her name and um, pronounce that correctly today for you because she's somebody that I believe is going to offer a lot in terms of our our personal struggles. So with that, I'm going to introduce her right now. Uh, Rihanna Hilkema. In her words, she is a typical Capricorn, ambitious, disciplined, loyal, sensitive, and quite practical. I love Capricorns, by the way. I'm a Virgo, and I have a lot of Capricorn friends. (laughs) Rihanna is originally from the Netherlands, but living and working abroad for 11 plus years. She lived in France, China, Spain, Costa Rica, Thailand, Indonesia, Nepal, Bulgaria, Mexico, and is currently in Colombia. She's constantly on the move, crossing oceans, climbing mountains, and continuously works toward her idea of an extraordinary life. Rihanna found a way to combine several passions into an amazing career, which are all enriching in multiple ways. She's a teacher director, a postpartum doula, and a pediatric sleep consultant. But for her, what she's most proud of is her work as an empowerment coach for women who are dealing with infertility. Rihanna is currently writing a book, which I can't wait to hear about, about the struggles we all experience in life and how they can push us away from the life of our dreams. Does that sound familiar to anyone? In this book, she explains how to move from a report on life toward a created life a life that makes you feel empowered and truly alive. And with that, Rihanna, thank you so much for being here on today's episode of Redefine Your Struggle. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. I'm happy to be here. I'm really happy to be here. As am I. And, you know, I can't wait to dive in because I know you have a personal story, which is really talking about, as we talked behind the scenes, about gaining a sense of courage and confidence is really what I got from you, confidence through your struggles. And so I want you to just open up with us about what that was and some of the obstacles you faced, and then your personal definition of what that success was for you moving through those obstacles that presented for you. And I'm going to take out my journal because I like to take notes as I listen to you. So if I tend well, I to have, away, it's because you, you've given me a nugget. <laughs> oh, so that would be a good sign, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. A lot, most, of the time, most of the time I'm with you and I'm listening, but, you know, sometimes it's really great in the moment. And I want to say to my listeners, if you hear some nuggets of wisdom or something that hits your heart, uh, pick up a pen, pick up a journal anything, even an index card, and just jot it down uh, or replay the video and come back to it so that you can really be immersed in this. So go ahead, tell us your story. I do exactly the same. When I'm reading a book or watching a a video or a webinar or something, write it down. And sometimes the things that you've heard already, like multiple times, sometimes just hit on a certain moment, isn't it? 
Absolutely. You're so right. It's so true. If you hear even a similar story, if you hear it from someone else, sometimes that voice or just the the way that you're imagining it, it gives it a whole different flavor and a learning experience. So thank you for pointing that out. So so tell us about your struggles. Yeah. Well, I think I first need to go back all the way to 2011. Um, I was 24 years old in that time. And I had everything. I had a boyfriend. I had a house. I had a cute little kitten. Um, I had friends and family all around me. I had a job that I, I really loved as a teacher in a, in a primary school. And I just had everything. And then I remember one day I drove back home and I entered the house. And I don't know if you've ever had that, that something is just off. Something is different. And I felt there was something that was that was different. So I walked in the in the living room and then my boyfriend was and he tapped next to him and he said, uh, we need to talk. Well, I guess you know what that means. <laughs> Fast forward one month, I was sleeping on the couch of a friend of mine. And um, well, we were trying to sell the house, uh, dividing all the stuff. Um, and then my boss called like, and he said, hey, Rihanna, how are you doing? He knew about the whole situation and he said, I'm, I have really bad news for you. Because um, I know I promised you a contract for the next school year, but I made a miscalculation with the numbers and um, I have no job for you. So I was just like, the phone literally dropped out of my hand because at that moment I lost my boyfriend, my house, my job, and I was sleeping on the couch of a friend and I felt really so overwhelmed. Like, what do I do now? But this feeling really quickly switched from what do I do now to what's next? So all the stuff I had, I put it in my car, I drove to Paris and I started my life all over there. And this is really true. Of course, it it feels like it went, it was four weeks of really making good considerations, but it was also an impulsive move of like, I want to see what's there because I was living in this, this comfortable life, this life that is uh, guided by society, you find a boyfriend, uh, you buy a house, you get a baby, or you get married, you get a baby. And, and I was living this life. And suddenly I got ripped out of that. And it gave me a whole new perception of what was also possible. So when I arrived in Paris, I, I really had to reinvent myself and rediscover what is important to me. What do I want? What is making me happy? Which choices do I want to make? And all by myself, of course, because I had no friends, no family, no boyfriend, nothing there in Paris. And I rebuilt my life there. And um, I planned to stay for three months with this au pair family and then come back to the Netherlands. That was the whole initial plan. I thought, like, I can just reset myself, come back and then start all over. But those three months, the au pair family were really happy with me. I was really happy with them. I got a job there in, in Paris as well as a teacher. So everything fell in place. I, I made new friends. And this three months became six months and then it became almost a year. And then the family moved to Congo and they said, we want you to come with us. But I was not ready for that because I thought there's so much more, so many more places that I can go and I need to discover it now by myself. So I, my mom was in the meantime sending all vacancies from the Netherlands, like, oh, here's a cool teaching job. There you can go teach all close to my hometown of my parents, of course. And I was just uh, putting um, uh, vacancy letters to Brazil, to Argentina, to China. And then I got a job in China. And 
that really was like a huge shift for me to move from one country to another. And that was just the start of my, my nomadic lifestyle. Like this is, this is what makes me happy. This is what I want. And it started by trying that in, in Paris and it just like resulted in my life right now. And we're like uh, 11 years, almost 12 years further. And I've lived in all these many countries. I had jobs in certain countries. I was just traveling in certain countries and yeah, incredible. Really, really amazing. Yeah. That is, you have packed in so much right there because you started off. <laughs> first of all, I'm just I'm sensing such a such a huge level of curiosity in you. And, you know, I've worked with a lot of people and I know that a lot of people tend to step away from that sort of childlike curiosity that you seem to have off the bat. And I listened to you in the beginning say, what's next? And that to me, Rihanna is so powerful. And I know it's also really difficult, I think, for people to uh, imagine asking themselves that question. So let me just pause here for a minute to ask you, do you feel that that was sort of a natural thing to ask yourself? Or was that something that just sort of uh, came because of your healing process? How, how would you how would you explain well, this to people? To be honest, I think if I'm now looking back, it was my value of freedom that was so strong that was pulling me there, mm-hmm. but I didn't know. I, because I said I lived this life of society, so this this part of freedom I never experienced it. And the moment I moved to Paris, or the moment the, the relationship broke up, my job was so I had nothing to hold me back. I think this was activated in me. Like this is important to you. This is what feels good. And now do it. Go take the leap and. I really think that is it for me because I, I, there was no healing process in that moment. That came way much later because I was still in the in the shit show of like I've got nothing anymore. <laughs> but but something like opened up. I saw possibilities because something closed, and that was this for me. And I just did it. I'm. I think what really helped. I'm quite. I would say bold and courageous, and I don't mind stepping out of my comfort zone and. Um, I mean, I was 21 when I finished my uh, teaching uh, education. So I was in front of a classroom with not much older than the students. All these kind of things. I, I had a job in a supermarket and at 17 years old, they asked me to be the assistant manager. And I was like, everybody's older than I am. Why would you choose me? And they saw something in me. And of course, this this raised this boldness and like, okay, I'll just do it if it doesn't work out. I literally said that actually. I had a I had a small goodbye party with some friends before I left to Paris, and it was one of my friends who, who was really worried about me because, I, like I said, I was not in the healing process. And she said, "But but what if you go? You, you tell everybody you go for three months. What what if you don't like it?" And I was like, "I come back." <laughs> that was so odd for me to not have this consideration. Like. I you know just, that that when we spoke behind the scenes, that stuck out for me because isn't it true that so many people will be worried about you or maybe think, oh my gosh, like what will you do? And you know that's another obstacle that people hit a lot. And I love that you were able to overcome that. Um, you know, I want my listeners to sort of see what's possible. You explained that you were still you're still going through this struggle, so you didn't hit this um, level of healing or you didn't go through this process. You weren't over the other side before you said, okay, I want to do this next. And this is 
primarily why I love your story, because you talk about how you, it is possible to see possibilities in those obstacles when yeah. you're going, when you're going through it. It, it, you don't have to wait for it to end in order for that to happen. So that is, that that's is a really wonderful powerful. message. Powerful. Yeah. And I think it's really powerful what you're saying, because I think the healing went so smoothly because I chose what was important for me in that moment. So I could step away literally from it to take back the power and the control because isn't that what we feel all the time? We're in this transition, this, this like trouble or this struggle or this whatever you're going through. And then the only thing you want is certainty and control. And you don't have that in these kind of situations. And I think by the fact that I grabbed that back, like this is my certainty, this is my control. And then I could deal with the healing process of, okay, I have no job. So how can I create this that I've got a job again? I have no boyfriend. How can I create a life that maybe doesn't need so much a boyfriend more that I, I have my own. So, so really, again, back to this created life instead of a reported on life. It, it's been so powerful for a lot of transition that I've been going through the last couple of years. Yeah. I love that. And can you tell us the, the distinction between a reported life and a created life? Like what, what would that look like? Yeah, I think the reported life is like what I said before. It's following the rules of the society, but also being reactive. Something is happening and you react to it. And I feel if you're in a created life, you're way much more proactive. You're taking the initiative. You, you don't like something and you change it. And I think in the, in the reported on life, you, you're more the person complaining about it and feeling like, oh, everything happens to me. And I... You know, these emotions that are coming up, like, why me? Of course, we all have them. And then taking back control and say, hey, wait a minute, this is my life. I can make my choices. I can. And it's not always easy, of course. But getting like little little bits of this part of control back is, is I don't know, it's raising your created on living. And yeah, that's something that I really, um, I really... How can I say that? That's kind of my mission in my life. Like follow your heart, but also do more things that make you happy. Don't, don't do what the rest are doing. Feel for yourself. Does it make you happy? Keep doing it. Does it, make you, does it not make you happy? Stop doing it and, and change. Because in the end, we all have to, we only have one life and we should enjoy it, isn't it? I'm just laughing because your energy is so high and I'm wanting to take a trip right now because I'm just... <laughs> the creative spirit really comes through and it's it's true and and I would ask you you know what have you ever met people who were afraid to even tap into or even maybe maybe they don't even necessarily think of themselves as creative um, so what might you do to to guide people or empower people to um, move from that reported style of life to tapping into that dream that extraordinary life that maybe lived in them before but now they're just sort of like, it's very dull inside of them. How would you, how would you spark that for them? For me, what I've been doing is just sharing my story. And that has been to some people such an inspiration and some people took the leap. Some people feel like, okay, that's really cool, but I could never do that. And maybe that's because this is not, because you know, this created life, you need to create it for your values, your 
desires, your wishes. And not for everybody, it's like what I'm doing, moving every three to six months to a different country, making new friends again, building a community, organizing events so you can meet people. And I, I mean, there's a lot of effort in it. But what I feel, what the difference is, I choose my struggles. Oh, you know, if, if oh I, wait. Oh, oh, you have to stop there. Say that again. <laughs> I said, I choose you my struggle. Your struggle. I, I love yeah. that so much. You know, um, we talked about choice on yesterday's show with my guest, who you know. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was just living inside of me again, that power of choice. And so when you say that yeah. you choose your struggle, that is such a... I'm sure a new way of thinking for a lot of listeners, because, you know, sometimes we'll say, well, we choose, I choose my happiness. I choose my attitude. I choose X, Y, and Z, but I don't necessarily hear people say I choose my struggle. And that mm -hmm. to me is really powerful statement. So unpack that a little bit for us. Like, what would that look like for you? When have you chosen your struggle and what did that look like? Yeah. Um, there are different different ways that I can go. The, the first one would be to say, okay, I can choose to live in my home country, having the comfort of everything around me and dealing with the struggles that come on my path, like job, things that I don't like or, um, you know, whatever happens to you, whatever happens in your environment. And then when I say choose your struggles I choose to have this nomadic lifestyle and it brings in a lot of uh, uncertainty it brings in a lot of immigration paperwork long waiting lines in, the, in long waiting in the queue to get your papers done um, sometimes taking a plane and you cannot enter a country because now with COVID with all the health restrictions they need certain papers from your home country but I've not been there for a while so I cannot show these papers and but these are all struggles I choose so somehow it feels way much more relaxed to deal with like um short short uh, side of is for example we were living in Mex mexico me and my husband oh yeah, i can tell how my husband came on my path actually <laughs> but uh, we were living in uh, in mexico and we decided to go for a while to buenos aires so we had a plane booked and we came at the airport and we we missed one of the papers to fly to buenos aires but our six-month visa in mexico was finished on that day so we needed to leave so in that spot in a two-hour stretch of time we were going through this like oh gosh we booked uh, Airbnb already in Buenos Aires we have all the visa all the paperwork everything ready for Buenos Aires what do we do now stress okay wait calm down um we need a new plan we need to leave anyway so what do we do okay where do we want to go hmm what do we want Actually, do we go fly back to Europe or ah, maybe we check out another country? So we check Dominicans, Colombia. Colombia sounds good. Okay, and we had a plane two hours later and three hours later, we were sitting in the plane, a bit confused, of course, thinking, Colombia? We go, oh yeah, we're going to Colombia. But this is a choice. I know these things happen. I know, and that then it's easier to deal with. Um, another struggle and it feels like you don't choose that, of course. The struggle that I'm currently dealing with is, uh, is infertility. And, um, you know, maybe I should first go back to when I met my husband, because then, then it makes the whole story a little bit more uh, 
comprehensive. Like I traveled for five years, like I had Paris, I did China, I went to Madrid, I got a job there as a director, school director of the school. So everything was just going great. I went a couple of times to Nepal and I fell in love with that country. I fell in love with the people, the language, everything. And I knew if I want something that aligns with what I feel, this, this feeling of freedom, but also of community, of doing something, making an impact in the world, I need to be in Nepal. I, I felt my calling there. So I resigned from my job and I had one more year contract. And I went to uh, travel to Indonesia to a small island. And there I met a really cool guy who was also on that small island. And um, we met up and it was just like, I don't know. You Have you ever met somebody that everything just falls in place and you're like, I know you for years. Well, this feeling I exactly had with him and we spent one crazy week together. And But I told him from the beginning, listen, my dream is to go to Nepal and there's nobody who's going to stop me because this feeling of stopping by being stopped by a guy or by a job or by society or whatever, I didn't want to have that feeling anymore. And um, he said, no worries, I'm in the army. So I, uh, I have my own plans. So it was the best week ever because we were so chill, but it met so great. So uh, we did one and a half year. This is a really short story of the whole story, of course, but we did one and a half year uh, long distance relationship. And then at one moment he said, I think I'm going to quit the army and follow you in your travels. And then we can live in Nepal. And I was like, okay, but never ever do it for me because if it doesn't work out, I don't want you to blame. You know, once you get out of the army, you can never go back. So he, did, he had a really good thought about it and he came with me and we lived in Costa Rica for a while and then we did a long world travel and then we ended up in Nepal. And um, in Nepal, we had some trouble with visa, with, um, um, to get our visa to stay there longer than five months. And I really wanted to build my life there. So we found another opportunity and for that, my husband needed to become a paragliding pilot. And um, so he did a training and then we needed 200 hours of, uh, training hours and the best location to do that was in Indonesia so I got myself a job in Indonesia and we moved there and we lived there in total for three years so he could do his flying so imagine uh, he was living on this beautiful island of Bali and I was in Jakarta <laughs> with a job that was okay <laughs> in a city super polluted with traffic all around you there was no moment of peace it was super hot and you were sitting there in Bali well what you have to, uh, he was working so I could make my dream in Nepal uh, a reality. So it was like a, like a bit of, and uh, how do you say that? It was imbalance. I could deal with it. It was a give and but, take. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. And, um, yeah, in that moment, you know, we felt, I don't know how prepared you can be to start a family, but we felt uh, physically, emotionally, financially, prepared to start our own family and um i still remember that that first day that we said that first night are we going to do this are we really are you are we really ready like you have this doubts and these insecurities and we're going to do this in this episode rihanna shared how she once had everything until she didn't when her boyfriend left her and her boss fired her unexpectedly she took herself on a journey to reinvent herself, and it was curiosity that sparked the question, what's next? So I ask you today, what's next in your life? When was the last time you asked that question? 
Brianna also shared with us that she didn't wait for healing to take place for her to go on this journey. Instead, she focused on what was most important to her, her number one value, freedom. In taking that next bold step, she was able to redefine her struggle as a new opportunity to explore that freedom to create a nomadic lifestyle. And on that path, she was led to meet her dream man, her future husband, and together, they were on a journey to start a new family. Stay tuned for part two to see how she overcame the struggle of dealing with infertility and how she's helping thousands of women now to deal with that struggle in a way that won't have them crashing. Stay tuned for part two of this episode and thanks again for listening. Do you want to be the next to help others persevere to succeed through uncertainty? If you want to be a guest on my show, Redefine Your Struggle, just hit the link in the show notes. Until next time, make it a beautiful day.